A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello? Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Support WrestleTalk. Give us a subscribe. Hey, everybody, I'm John Cena. Hey, it's professional wrestler Colt Boom Boom Cabana. Hey, I'm Double J Jeff here. And this is Rich Swan. Matt Riddle, the King of Rose. Support Wrestle Talk. Support Wrestle Talk. Support Wrestle Talk. Do it, bro. Support Ollie. Support Luke. Support Wrestle Talk. Support Wrestle Talk. Home of Luke Owen. Whatever Wrestle Talk is, and whoever Luke Owen is, both the Ravens. Nevermore. Wrestle Talk. Hello and welcome to the WrestleTalk podcast. I am Luke Owen and I'm joined by the hardest working person in all of sports infotainment, Denise Salcedo. What's up? There she is. How, how did you manage to, how did you feel? Because uh, this was the first week that we did where you had to wake your ass up at 5 p.m. <laughs> I felt good actually. But here's the thing though, that I kept worrying about oversleeping oh, and I kept yeah. imagining you coming on here and being like, hey guys, Denise is not here. I haven't heard from her. I'm thinking she overslept and there's no way of me contacting her. And I kept thinking about that. And I was like, oh my God, like I checked my phone like a million times to make sure that my alarm was on. I checked that to make sure that the sound was all the way up. And I kept thinking, nope, something's going to go wrong. So I kept waking up in the middle of the night. I would wake up like at 2.40, 4 o'clock. And I was like, okay, I got to oh. keep checking, see how much time I've got left. So oh, I was very, very worried. <laughs> Oh, I hate that so much. Yeah. I and I, oh, it's just the absolute worst. I get that a lot. Like if I've got to be up for something, I'm always like in the middle of the night. Oh, to make sure you don't oversleep. Make sure you don't oversleep for it. And oh. it stays with you. Like in your mind, you're like, oh, okay. Like I think when it was like five something, like I had press snoozed. And in my mind, I felt like I got more than those five, 10 minutes of snooze. And I thought oh, I overslept. And I got up and I was like, where's the phone? Where's the phone? And no, I didn't. But it worked out pretty good. You know, I feel pretty alive at this hour. I was going to say, like, this is a good way for you to like kickstart your Friday morning. Yeah, it really is. Turns out Friday's going to be one of my most productive days now of the week. <laughs> well, let's get into the podcast itself. We're talking about CM Punk. Do AEW need him? Here is the show. You know, I mean, the thing that pleases me the most about all of this is that I, you know, we've been doing live shows now for a handful of years. And I've always said, yeah, the show starts at 7 a.m. Pacific, but I've never known if that's correct. That's just what Google has told me. So it's actually, it's nice to get confirmation from someone on the Pacific time zone to say that it is correct. You guys were promoting it, putting it on (laughs) graphics, and you weren't even sure. We're never sure. No one told us we were wrong, so we just figured we were right. But it's nice to get actual confirmation that it is 7 a.m. your time. So I can good. confirm. Yes, it's 7 a.m. our time. <laughs> it's awesome. Awesome. 
Uh, right. Well, let's get into our main topic of conversation, which is around uh, Paul White's announcement on Dynamite this, uh, you know, yes, uh, Thursday, in fact, yesterday, uh, Wednesday, even two days ago, where he said that a Hall of Fame worthy signing was coming this Sunday to AEW. Now, this is uh, this feels like it's a big bit of news. And the reason why I think it's a, it feels like a big bit of news is because they're saving it for pay-per-view. So that means to me that, the, like that says to me that this is something, you know, you're going to have to pay to see this. If you show up and it's like, it's Ethan Page. <laughs> Nothing against Ethan Page. I think Ethan Page is ace. But Ethan Page isn't someone who is like a pay-per-view announcement. Like that's when you can just debut on Dynamite or on a pay-per-view with no prior like announcement for it. So I, I suppose like to kick things off, how, what did you make of, the, uh, of Paul's announcements? So I agree with you. So they definitely hyped this up. I know that Paul said Hall of Fame worthy talent. So people are listening here into keywords as to who it can be, right? Everybody's trying to piece together the clues. And then Tony Khan went, you know, on the AEW podcast and then said that they this person is a huge, huge star in wrestling, emphasized that, and then also mentioned that this person uh, would be signing or has signed a multi multi-year deal and i'm thinking all right well now it's got to be someone really good because first of all i had i had to already be someone good because the way paul that the way he announced it on dynamite he made it seem like a big deal and then tony khan made it seem like an even bigger deal so unfortunately if the surprise is underwhelming people are gonna be like oh come on we got all stoked for that so now the surprise has to be really good but here's the thing is that stuff like that can go like wrong or can go incredibly great because I think at the end of the day everybody has that person that a they think realistically it could be and b they have that person that they're like oh like this to me would be like a big deal like my person who I think would be a big deal might not necessarily be a big deal to you or to somebody else so it really just depends on you know I don't know everything but I'm excited though because if you think about it revolution already had like all of these, you know, what they have like nine matches, I think announced, you know, already, and they've all had pretty good builds leading up to them. So you have this big gigantic card, right? And now you have this announcement on top of that, I just feel like they did do a really great job of a getting people to talk about it, and also getting people to get excited about it. Totally. Like this was a show that had, you know, it's got an exploding barbed wire death match on it. So like it's already got a lot of hype going into this show anyway. Like, you know, I think a lot of people were really interested, but it's amazing how like this one line, this one announcement that they've made on, on Wednesday show has all of a sudden taken over like everyone's topic of conversation of like, who is the the Hall of Fame worthy signing? And I completely agree with something you said there, which is the the level of setting expectations. We had a hyper chat in uh, on yesterday's Dynamite review that said, if it's not CM Punk, it will be a disappointment to me. So like, and like they would consider anything other than CM Punk a disappointment, even if it is someone like, I don't know, like, you know, people are saying Brock Lesnar. Some people are saying, Undertaker. oh, come like, on. If it's Brock Lesnar, there is no way he would be disappointing. <laughs> well, I, I know, but like, yeah, I think there are some people. be a bigger deal than CM Punk. And that's just me being real here. To me also, but like there, I think you made the point as well that like what might be a big deal to some won't be a, uh, the same big deal to others. You know, I think there are some people being like, oh, I think it's going to be Scott Steiner. And like, I think Scott Steiner will be a big pop, a big popper pop, if you will, to a few people. <laughs> but like Scott Steiner for me would be like, oh, that's cool. It's Steiner. But that's not like a, oh, we need to make an announcement ahead of a pay-per-view that you've got to buy this pay-per-view. Like for me, this has got to be 
a really big name. I I still think it's Angle. Like Kurt Angle's the the guy that I I think it is. And if it's not Angle, then I suppose my second pick is Foley. Punk is you know has been very much on the record the last couple of days, being like, guys, it's not me. Like he you know he did a Twitter Q and A yesterday where he said uh, use the hashtag Ask Punk and no, it's not me. Someone asked him anyway, and he said 100%, it's not me. Uh, made the point, I think that they should focus on who they have. Uh, however, you know, he has been training in ring since January because Stephen Amell was um, tweeting about it. And I think a lot, one of my favorite things when people like Punk started putting out the tweets being like, it's 100% not me. Everyone's reply was, well, that's what you would say if it was you, wasn't it? You, you're definitely going to say that it's not you. Exactly. So here's my thing. If it is CM Punk, I kind of, I don't like when talent goes out and denies a report and they're like, oh, that's not true. And then it ends up being true. It's like, dude, just don't say anything. Like, just don't comment. You can ignore it. It's not going to be the end of the world. So if it turns out to be CM Punk, I'll be like, bruh. Really? Like, why do you have to go and put out there? No, it's just that type of stuff bothers me. You know, like if it's you, just don't say anything. Don't comment on it. So then I'm thinking, well, you know, he shut down these rumors and it might just be true. Like, it may just not be him. So what? We're not going to believe the guy at his word, you know, because so many other people have said, no, this is not true. Do not believe this. And then all of a sudden it is true, you know? So, um, so yeah, I really do think I'm actually in agreement with you. I really do think that it's going to be Kurt Angle. And I will tell you this, I will be so excited if it is Kurt Angle. To me, that is a big deal because no one for a very long time didn't, didn't have the types of matches that Kurt Angle was having. And to me, I am still so bummed out that his retirement match was his Baron Corbin. I can't, that does not set right with me. That does not set right with my heart or my soul. I need to have another match with Kurt Angle against heck anybody to be that last match. So, uh, so I would really like it to be Kurt Angle. I would be very excited, but I'm sure there's people probably listening right now. They're like, well, I wouldn't be too excited for that. So again, that goes back to my point of depending. I, I don't know. I feel like, I don't think it would be Brock Lesnar. I just can't see it. But if it was Brock Lesnar, that would be like, I, I would even say they would they underpromoted. <laughs> That's how big of a deal Brock Lesnar going to going to AEW would be. They underpromoted, <laughs> realistically, honestly. Oh, I mean, totally, one hundred percent. Like, I think if it's, if it's Brock, then that's kind of like a an industry like turning thing that would be insane. Like, I yeah, I mean, it's it's weird. Like, I'm really excited for the show. I mean, I was excited for the show anyway because it's got an amazing card. But like now, I'm like, I'm actually really excited for Sunday just to finally get this answer. But I wanted to kind of like phrase this question kind of differently because I mentioned that hyper chat that we got yesterday that was like, if it's not CM Punk, I'm going to be disappointed. And we at WrestleTalk get accused a lot of overhyping CM Punk and sort of like putting on, our, putting on our nostalgia goggles for Punk and being like, he's not that great. He was never that great. He was just, he was good in an era when everyone was average. Like it, you know, it was, he would never stand up in today's ring. Like Louis Dangor has had, and I've had so many conversations with him being like, he would not be in the top 20 wrestlers of WWE today. Like, you know, and he- well, he, we're, I'm are, just going to have to kick Louis Dangor's butt. <laughs> <laughs> well, like, you know there are, there are people who think that he was never as great as everyone made him out to be and you know whenever we put up a, an art like a news story about cm punk or we do a podcast about him i was like dude he's not coming back this and the other so i thought i would actually put the question out there uh, on a community poll do, would you like to see cm punk in aew like do aew need cm punk I put it up as a community poll 
69% said yes. Like that's nearly 70% of people said that, you know, if it was going to be CM Punk, would you be happy? Like that 70%, that's two thirds of the audience would really be like chuffed to bits if it was CM Punk. And the question of do AEW need CM Punk, I think is an interesting one because he said himself, they should focus on their own talent. There are some people who think that signing CM Punk would be a TNA thing to do because it's just relying on outside stars. Where do you think that? Do you think that AEW need a CM Punk? So first of all, I think those are two totally different questions. So the first question was, would you be happy? My answer is yes, because CM Punk is one of my favorite wrestlers, which is why I got seriously offended by Louie on this comment. CM Punk is legit one of my favorite wrestlers. Like if it wasn't for him, I don't necessarily know. Like, I don't know. He just, he was really one of those people that really got me excited about looking at wrestling outside of WWE since many people know that I grew up a WWE fan CM Punk you know when he wasn't in WWE he was that person that got me interested on stuff outside of the company so for me I credit him a lot to like me being interested in other stuff and I am like big fan of CM Punk so I would be happy to see him in there now the second question is does AEW need him I think that this is a yes and no uh answer so no because they are perfectly fine right now as you can tell they got their buzz going even if this uh, even if this announcement this whole thing wasn't happening people were still going to be looking forward to the show i was i mean heck with just the uh with the you know with the exploding uh barbed wire death match like that match alone the whole card could have been like sucky but i'm sure that a lot of people are like oh my god like i would tune in just to watch that one match right so it's like where was I going with this? Okay, so yeah, they don't need, they don't necessarily need CM Punk, but I will tell you this, publicity and news-wise, yes, because at the end of the day, it's still something that has been heavily talked about in the wrestling community. People are always bringing it up. Is CM Punk going to return? Is CM Punk going to return? And I can guarantee that no matter what, every article of like CM Punk possibly returning, CM Punk doing this, probably gets a bunch of hits. Why? Because there are still people that are, genuinely interested now he's definitely shut this down you know so many times Judd's did so right now you just read about it so it's kind of like is he gonna really like stick to his word and just like stop any potential opportunity of him appearing anywhere or is he really just you know messing with all of us and it's gonna show up so we don't know like I don't know but I do think that it's a yes and no it's a yes and no answer they don't necessarily need him because they can focus on their other talent. They got other names. And I don't think that it would be a TNA move to bring in CM Punk because come on, they have already brought in so many other people from WWE. Right. But I feel like CM Punk is a big enough name where like you would be crazy not to not to want him for your company. Like I'm starting a promotion and I want to, you know, be on the level of WWE or AEW or whatever. I'm going to bring in whoever I think could be a possible conversation starter get people excited there might be people that would be like you know what i didn't watch AEW, but cm punk's there now well heck i'm gonna watch because that's my favorite wrestler totally i mean i, I i've never bought into the arguments of like oh, it's a tna thing to do like yeah if you have got the ability to sign top level talents 
why wouldn't you do that? Like, what, you're not going to sign them just because they were in WWE once? Like, that would be an, an idiotic way to run a promotion. Like, if you've got if you've got the, the opportunity to sign someone who can legit, like, move a needle for your company and make a difference, then yeah, you should sign them. And, like, WWE has been the only big game for the last 20 years. So, guess what? Most wrestlers have been in WWE at <laughs> some point. Like, it, it's just bound to happen. I, I've never understood that argument or that, that criticism against AEW being like oh they're just they're just signing our ex wwe guys like i why wouldn't you have signed a moxley why wouldn't you have signed a chris jericho like those are those are names that can make a difference and here's the thing like let's say their entire roster was just made up of former wwe talents then okay i could definitely get behind that argument but obviously they're it isn't. There's still other talents that have never been with the company. There's new talents. They're, you know, showcasing new faces that some people may not be familiar with. So because of that, like, I don't think that you can necessarily say that. And then there's also like people like, you know, there's been like, I get it. Like there's been times where like, you know, people are like, well, this person wasn't really a big deal in WWE. So why are they all of a sudden making him a big deal here? So I do get that point of the argument too. So it's kind of like, I can see both sides of arguments is what I'm trying to get at. But I don't, <laughs> I don't think that, okay, that's it. I've said my piece. <laughs> I think that's oh, all God. after this podcast. I'm like, oh, I should have said this. I should have said that. I'm sure some more, some more thoughts and ideas are going to come at me right now. But for right now, I think I've said what I needed to say. Yeah, I mean, for me, it, it, I agree with you in the sense of like, if you have the opportunity, if CM Punk is there to be like, let's let's work together, let's come in, I'll do four matches a year. I'd be like, 100%, let's put pen to paper, let's get the money out there, because I do think that he is the last, he's the last free agent. You know, he is the last like of the big free agents that that, that is out there. And I think it would be a, a huge return. Uh, but from the same perspective, and kind of like what you said, they've got such a strong roster at the moment. So it's not like they desperately need CM Punk on the roster. It's not like the company is floundering without him. But I do think that he would be a boost to their oh, credibility because I think they're a very credible company. I mean, they're, they're a company that made money within their first year. It's like unheard of in the world of wrestling. So I, I yeah, I, I, I kind of sit on both fences. I'd be super excited, but if it's not Punk, it's not like I'm not going to be gutted uh yeah. on sunday either <laughs> and i got done i shouldn't have paid yeah, fifty dollars for this done, pay-per-view <laughs> I, I shouldn't have asked fight for a code because i'm getting to watch it for hey, free you're lucky you get to watch it for free i don't here i get screwed in the united states and i have to pay dude we, we got a very good relationship with the fight app who i very much recommend no, you should be watching no the one... pay-per-view through but fight tv is like international for for the AEW pay-per-views like they're no they don't we can't watch AEW pay-per-views in the states through fight yeah. tv here and oh, so that's where I, we get where i get screwed so i was like this is coming out of my pocket all right <laughs> like this is like ain't nobody paying for me to watch AEW. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, well, let's see what you thought uh, on this subject before we get into the um, the AEW uh, NXT rating. Uh, we'll go over those quite quickly. Um, 
I like this from uh, Domalona, who says, uh, what makes you think the big signing is a male wrestler? The wording of the announcement didn't mention any gender-specific terminology. AEW are very clever with things like this. Could it be Tessa Blanchard? This is something we mentioned on the podcast yesterday, that it's, you know, it, it could very well be. Like I think I said the name, you know, like Trish and Lisa, these sort of like, you know, Hall of Fame-worthy um, uh, wrestlers. So, yeah, there's every chance that it could be someone. And like, you know, Tessa Blanchard is, is a fairly sizable name. We've actually got a, a, a patron mailbag question about Tessa Blanchard later on. Yeah, I mean, if it was Tessa Blanchard, like, but I'll tell you this much. I can already see so many people out there being like upset if it would be like, I feel like because everybody's set on like, I don't know. I could just, I can already see the backlash on the internet about this, but I would love it if it was Tessa Blanchard because like, dang, like we've been wondering like, where is she going to go? What's she going to do? You know, after her controversial exit with Impact Wrestling, what's going to happen with Tessa? And she is somebody that can really, God, I don't even know if it's like liven up the AEW women's division. Uh, every single positive word that you can think of of what she could do for the AEW women's division, throw it in there because Tessa would do it. As a few people have pointed out, like Tony Khan did say on the podcast uh, on AW Restricted that it was a he. So, oh, he uh, did. Like, okay. Yeah, apparently he said like he is a is a world famous name in within wrestling or whatever the thing uh, was. So I think like a, Tony Khan was gender specific. Paul White uh, wasn't. Um, also, give a shout out to Seth uh, Eggenberg who has brought up murder gymnastics again. So this was coming from a hyper chat. It was um, someone's, uh, I think, partner didn't call it wrestling; they called it murder gymnastics, which I, I you know, I what? think is a, a fun way to describe it. But I like that they've got murder gymnastics. It's very clever. Murder gymnastics—that is brilliant. I've never heard it put that way. I'm just going to tell people I'm not a wrestling fan. I'm a murder gymnastics fan. <laughs> people are going to be like, "What the hell is this girl? She's a serial killer, or what?" <laughs> uh, RP Degnan says, uh, "Will wrestling fans ever get over CM Punk? He seems far more interested in lying to, teasing wrestling fans at the point than actually wrestling. Just like a high school girlfriend, he's not coming back. Gang, let it go. There you go. Like I, I did. A, you know, I did a whole actually good video about CM Punk." And this was the sort of thing that I was talking about in there. There are those people who really resent CM Punk now because of the way that he left and the fact that he never came back. There are people like really turned on him. Yeah, I have friends that like, you know, fr friends that are like close friends, like real life friends. And they're like, they know they've known for a long time that CM Punk has been like my favorite. Right. And then I have people saying, like, can you like stop talking to me? Like, I don't talk about him. But when I did like recently, They'd be like, oh, he's so annoying. Like, don't bring him up, this and that. I'm like, wow, people really hate CM Punk here. So there are people that are just like, oh, we're done with it. And I think it's because, you know, sometimes I feel like when somebody is so popular with people that people tend to be like, okay, I'm done with that. You know, like that popular movie that you're like, everybody's talking about it. I'm not really in the mood to watch it just because it's so popular. Sometimes that happens, but it's also the fact, I think maybe the way that he's approached the subject anytime he's asked, it's not necessarily, it doesn't come across as like, uh, it comes across not so positive. So I think that also irks people. And I don't blame them for that either. And then I also wonder, like, after, you know, he made the WWE backstage uh, Fox debut, he was he came out here and he said that he was going to break the Internet and this and that. But that never really happened. You know, it was yeah. like a buzzy thing for like five minutes. And then that was it. Like the next day, nobody was talking about it. And does that hurt someone's stock? Like, I don't know. Does that make think, it less yeah. exciting? I, I think the backstage return did hurt 
like that i think it, it hurt the aura of cm punk like coming back to that empty studio with adam cole and page politely applauding like you know, not even applauding politely clapping like it just and then it was like oh i'm here to change the culture and this and then it's like you didn't change like jack shit man like i'll drop the swear there i, I shouldn't have done but i will too <laughs> like i'm the first one to drop the swear there but it didn't change anything. yeah that's true <laughs> i know i couldn't help myself uh martial arts uh says i don't think it's punk uh, it's someone who we don't think it is. It'll be more of a surprise. I think Kane is a more realistic option than Punk. Uh, but also ask, what about Goldberg? And Goldberg is very much under contract with WWE. Oh, I think the AEW fans would be so upset if it's Goldberg. I I just know it. Like, let's say like oh, yeah. he didn't have any sort of deal with WWE. I think the fans would be very upset. Kane, uh, I don't know. I don't think so either. I don't think so. Um, Davian's Dentist says, uh, Paul White calls his brother Cohen White, aka Ooh Chavo, justice for Pepe. I don't think it's going to be, I mean, I mean, Chavo, like, could very well work with, do some work with AW, but I don't think he is like a pay per view announcement level, uh, talent. We're being very selective here because of the way that this was promoted. You can't just be throwing any random name out there, and for like, this has been promoted very like a big deal. So now you got to give me a big deal. All right. And there's everybody's sort of at a diff. There's different levels of star power. And so, yeah. So we're, like, it's not to be like, oh, this person isn't good enough or this person isn't Hall of Fame worthy. It's just, there's obviously levels to this star power. Uh, we'll do this one from Alyssa Celeste, who says, you're all overlooking the true Hall of Fame level star, May Young Son, The Hand. I was like, who am I overlooking? Because even prior, like when I found out this is what we would be discussing about the show, it's like, man, like who do I even think would be an option? And there's honestly, I don't feel like there's that many options. I feel like I've been seeing the same maybe seven, five names throughout my because I asked this question on Twitter and I We'll say that I got like maybe five and different answers, but for the most part, I'm seeing a lot of similar names. That's I'm seeing the same thing. I'm seeing Angle, Batista, RVD, um, and Foley. Like those are the four, and Punk. Those are like basically the five names that I've been given most, like mostly by people who've responded. Dude, if it's Batista, I don't think so. But if it is, no, I just feel like he's too he's too busy with his Hollywood stuff. Mm. Uh, Misha says, uh, observation, read the big signing deal. Everyone laughed when TK said he changed the landscape. Then the forbidden door got blown off its hinges. Khan plays the game. He doesn't overhype. I hope it's angle. Yeah, that was unfortunate. Point. That was an unfortunate tweet because <laughs> I don't think he necessarily explained it right. Everybody, myself included, thought that he meant that night. And then when it was the, what was it? The it was pack, pack, right? And everyone was like, that's going to change the last game of wrestling. Like, what, what are you talking about, TK, here? I was mad, too. I was like, what the hell? Why didn't you promote this? I'm coming on here thinking something huge is going to happen. And then nothing happens. But then he later on went to explain that it would be like, I think he said a series of events, right? And then yeah, after that, like thing. maybe a couple of weeks or I don't even know how much after that, he had Sting coming out and then the Forbidden Door and you guys know the rest. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. 
Let's get this dinner party started. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at uh1.com. Right, well, let's dive into your Patreon mailbag questions. If you want to submit a question to the mailbag, all you've got to do is become one of our awesome pledge hammers on Patreon at any dollar amount and leave a comment in the community tab labeled mailbag. Do not email me. I will just lose it. He's bad at his job. Uh, Dwayne the Gronk Johnson is in first to say, uh, firstly, I travel through central London on my commute to university. I don't think I'll ever be able to look at Big Ben in the same way again. Uh, anyway, my question is, when you were a child, was there anything really silly about wrestling that you actually believed. I hated Randy Orton so much that my friend managed to convince me that his pyro was actually someone pouring wee on him. Um, did what? you have any silly assumptions like what? this when you were little? What? That's okay. I was going to come out here and say I believed everything because I did. But that, that's insane. <laughs> Dude, I was just telling this to my fiance the other day because he was like, Denise, I cannot believe how embarrassing you are. Like you are, he was saying that I was the, <laughs> I was the dream or how do you say it? I forgot how he said it exactly, but I was like the dream or like the perfect gullible WWE fan. Like I was like the epitome of like back in the day of like what a WWE fan should be believes everything. Right. And I told him because when I was a kid, when I I was like a kid slash teenager, (laughs) preteen, preteen, I really thought the undertaker was dead. I used to think he just came alive to have these matches. I was like, he's dead the entire time. But when he just wants to come and fight people. So he like comes back to life for these matches. And then afterwards, when he goes back, he dies again. He just goes back to the grave and just lays there. That was my like thought process. I actually also thought that all the wrestlers were fighting backstage too. Because, you know, you have good guys, you have bad guys. So I couldn't imagine them being you know, enemies out there and not enemies back there. And I used to think, man, how do they control everybody? How do they keep everybody's anger tamed? I believed everything. Uh, I've, I've told this a couple of times, but um, like on when I was a kid, um, in a, and there were three big companies, well, two big companies and, and one very popular indie, um, I, it was that WWE is fake. 
WCW is like it's it's a bit real. Like they do, you know, because there's like it's been going on for years, and like that's got a bit more tradition about it. But ECW was fi- that, that was real. Those were like there was no like there was no fake about that. That was they just went down there and they fought. They fought like they just beat each other up. And I genuinely believe that. Like, and I even when I saw my first ever ECW show on a VHS tape, <laughs> I was like, my friends out there was like, oh, do you know this is real? Like this place is real. And I'm like, oh my god, this is real. They're actually hitting each other with moves and stuff. Oh my god, isn't it? Isn't it crazy how like you like can just like believe something and then afterwards you're like, what the hell? Like, where was, was my brain at? Like, what am I doing with my life? Like, what was I doing back then with my life? I used to hate when people used to tell me that wrestling was fake. I was like, shut up, you're you're dumb. <laughs> you you don't you don't know what you're talking about. I mean, I was in third grade being bullied by the boys because the boys were like, why are you wearing this wrestling shirt? It's so fake. And I'd be like, shut up. You don't know nothing. Then I had come home and cried to my uncle. <laughs> oh, mate. So sad. Uh, Marcus Sol Campbell says, uh, who is your favorite character from Arrested Development? What is your favorite running gag? Gobe is my favorite character. My favorite running gag is the whole Lucille Buster's hand. I mean, yeah, Job is my favorite character. Job is 100% my favorite character. Um, but my favorite running gag is the, um, uh, his like, little magician's group of like, we demand to be taken seriously and stuff. I really like that. Um, yeah, I, I loved Arrested Development. I thought it was so funny. So I watched Arrested Development a couple of episodes. I don't remember anything from it, like nothing. So I can't even answer you on this one. I just remember what was Jason Statham. He, that's the lead. No, guy, J- right? Jason Jason Sudeikis. Oh, Jason Sudeikis. I just remember <laughs> his face, and person. that's kind of it. I don't Very remember anything from this. I also like uh, Tobias Funke. Uh, he's also really good because um, he blew himself when he like pays himself. He's like, I'm very sorry, I blew myself. Oh wait, but the other son too. Uh, they, they got the daughter, maybe. And the other gag that really, really made me laugh. And my friend, my friend, like we went, we were really drunk one night and we were in a McDonald's like at midnight, just eating burgers. And we, he said it. And I honestly, the pair of us just were laughing forever. It's their lawyer is called Bob Blah Blah. And so it's just like, I think we should be very, we should really listen to what Bob Blah Blah says. And it, <laughs> it sounds like Blah Blah Blah. It's like, and his name is Bob Blah Blah. So oh my God. No, I, yeah, I don't remember any of this. I'm oh, it's Jason Bateman, not Jason Bateman, not Jason Sudeikis. Jason Sudeikis is a different person. Um, Wait, but like, not Jason Sudeikis? No, it's Jason Bateman. It's a different Jason. Um, so not anyway. Jason's, what did I say? Statham or Statham? Yeah. Wrong yeah. Jason's all around. Blah, blah, blah is my favorite gag. Uh, Lawrence said, I left a comment on one of your videos asking, when did Sonya Deville become an on-screen authority figure? Someone said it happened off-screen. That got me thinking. When did Adam Pearce become an authority figure? He just showed up one day and started giving orders. What is his title? What on-screen power does he have? Then that got me thinking. WWE has eight hours of TV to fill a week, and ever since the pandemic era, it's basically a backstage segment anyway. Why not have a scene where Pearce and Deville are given official titles by a McMahon? So, A, we've been told there won't be any authority figures anymore. And B, if memory serves, Vince McMahon placed him in charge. We did get a backstage segment where Vince gave Adam Pierce the authority, right? And said, like, you're in charge now. Yeah, the whole thing with The Fiend. And when he went to the back and something like that. Yeah, yeah. But I I do get it. Like, what is his official, like, I don't know. I don't think they should give him an official title because every time you get an official title, it's kind of sours things a little bit. I almost like that he's just like a the way I see him is like he's a representative of the people in the back. That's how I yeah. see him. A representative. Yeah. 
Wrestling Talk Sign Guy says, hey, team, to new greetings from Florida, the best state in the U.S. Um, Florida? <laughs> Florida. You're joking me, right? Florida's literally the worst state in the United States, please. I did hear Sorry, it is Florida, one big Florida. toilet. <laughs> Wait, what? I, I said I have heard it is one big toilet. Uh, I, so I, I don't know many people that like Florida. And it's one of the few places in America I've been to because Disney World. No, I can't. No. Like Florida is just so much drama. There's just too much drama over there. Uh, anyway, with Luke talking about DuckTales last week, I was wondering what moments from TV shows make you cry? Personally, I always cry over Don't Forget You're Here, Do It For Her from The Simpsons. Oh, mate, which is a, a moment that gets me. There's also in um, uh, Mother Be Not Proud, I think it's the Simpsons episode, it's a Christmas one when Bart steals the video game and he gets caught. Oh, it, it breaks my heart. Poor Marge's like, reaction to it. It really, really breaks my heart. Um, but the thing like that, and remarkably, it makes me cry every time I see it, is I got off the plane uh, from, <laughs> from friends. Genuinely makes me cry every time. Wait, so what was the question? What makes you cry? Yeah, like a moment from a TV show that makes you cry. I don't cry. Oh, yeah, no, you're weird, aren't you? Yeah, remember you're I said this, I don't robot. cry. Yeah, I don't robot. cry. No, I don't even know, like, what... I've never been so moved by a TV show that I cried. Uh, no, did I cry? I think, you know what? I cried at some point and lost, but I don't remember what happened, but I did cry and lost. I think was I was... Like, this show makes no sense. It is not going no, anywhere. something happened. Someone died. I don't remember what happened, but I remember just sitting there at the TV and being like, oh, guys, <laughs> oh, this hurts. No, oh, oh, you know what did make me cry? Oh, that Netflix show. Um, I think it was called Never Have I Ever or Never Ever or, oh, my God. Someone, if someone remembers the name, it, it was, I think it's called Never Have I Ever. There's a scene where the girl is like in the beach and she's like, I don't know, like that whole thing made me cry. I don't want to give away any spoilers, but I think the people here know what show I'm talking about. That ending made me cry my eyes out. Like, I don't know what was up in the water that day. Dude, like that, that conversation was a bit of a roller coaster where it started with i never cry i don't cry at something then you remember to show that did make you cry but you cannot remember what it is and you cannot tell me what, what it was yesterday, that made you cry. okay yesterday i got in an argument with my fiance right like an argument like i was legit pissed off okay and i got so upset i went to my room i put my face in the pillow and i was just so upset right he, he, we even made fun of it afterwards because he's like denise you literally stomped to the room took a bump through your <laughs> on the bed i was so upset right but what he was laughing at was that afterwards the second i got back up from the bed i had zero tears nothing i was just like not talking to you <laughs> he was like denise you didn't even cry and i was like what did i need to cry to solidify this argument <laughs> oh man uh, callum said Good, as long as you laugh about it now. Yeah. Uh, Callum, if you were the head booker of WWE, who would you push to the moon? For me, it would be Alistair Black. He deserves better than staying at home and doing nothing. Callum, I think it's worse than that. I think he's staying in catering and doing nothing. He doesn't even get to, like, stay at home. Um, but, yeah, if you, so if you could, given the option, who would you push to the moon? All right, so I'm going to give a different answer from Alistair Black, and I would actually do Damian Priest. Mm. I mean, Keith Lee. And for Lee's the girls, Rhea Ripley. Keith Lee, yeah, Keith really? Keith, there is money to be made with that man. The man is far too good to just be doing nothing. He is an absolute megastar. Um, so yeah, he'd be the guy that I would 
excuse me, 100% absolutely all day long pushed to the moon. Um, from the women's side, I mean, Asuka is always going to be my pick for like, you know, from the women's side of things, because she's the best. And it sucks that she is not like, I mean, you see the report that Lacey Evans was going to win the title at Fastlane. Like that was yeah. I mean, yeah, course, I knew that. And, oh, geez, that's the worst. Um, Duncan J. Like, yeah, it kind of sucks because I don't, I can't say that. I I don't like to, I don't like to think that things won't happen, but I, I feel like if she, I don't think that, that chance is going to come back around. Oh yeah. Off it for Lacey. I, yeah, I almost I feel it's will. like that was your chance. I don't know if it's something that will come again, another oh, opportunity man. like that. That'd this. be so sad for us. Right? But I don't know That'd why. So I just sad. have that feeling. Mm. I know. I mean, I get what you mean. Look at the company that she's working for. Like, of course, that feeling is always going to be like ever present. It's, it's just like, so well, you got injured in the middle time. of a push. Yeah, it's just so easy for them to be like, okay, well, we're done with you. Like, well, we, we got somebody else. And there's just like, you can just so many other people can like come about from there and so much can change. So it's like, Hmm. Yeah. Uh, Duncan J said, uh, Denise, I'm sad. We didn't get to see more of you on the WWE watch along for elimination chamber. I came um, back. I don't I know. Get, yeah. the second segment. I came back. <laughs> uh, and he adds in a mixed tag match between Luke and his wife versus Denise and her fiance, who goes over and who takes the pin? <laughs> what? Okay. I'm sorry, but I need to, I need to go over. <laughs> sorry Luke I can't be I can't lose <laughs> now you and your wife will have to decide who takes the pin <laughs> I'm sorry oh, you know what? I'm the Shawn Michaels in this all right I gotta be the one that's winning I gotta be the I don't care I I ain't selling for just anybody I all right not even me with my Twitter followers you're not even gonna put me over no no I can't I don't care if it's your hometown not your hometown <laughs> All right, you, I, I'm the Shawn Michaels here. Oh man, I can't believe I'm Bret Hart in this situation. Where I'm just been like, guys, push me. <laughs> yes, there you go. You're the Bret Hart in this. <laughs> well, I guess uh, I guess it's either me or my wife that's taking the pin then. But I'm. I think well, you can. You, you should take the pin. I'll take the pin. I'm, I'm you not, bury I'm your wife in her debut. I'm not going to take it. I'm not. I'm going to try and put my wife over. She's four foot eleven. Like she's like she's the Marco stunt of this match. So I'm going to try and I'm going to try and protect her. There you go. And then in the end, it's going to cost you because I'm just going to like, yeah, I'm just going to kill you in there. <laughs> uh, Daniel McAvoy says hello, team Danuk. First time pledge hammer here. My question is: with the recent injury of Anna Jay and the recovering Chris Statlander, should AEW sign Tessa Blanchard to put their uh, to their roster despite the baggage that she comes with? Um, yeah, like Tessa is an interesting one. We we had we talked about Tessa on a previous podcast episode that we did when there was that rumor that she was going to go again to WWE. Um, and, you know, AEW uh, women's roster members have come forward and been like, I think we should sign Tessa, but there are some people who don't think you should. There are some people who be, who, who really do believe that, you know, you cannot change the color of, of who you are. Uh, you know, once you have made that mistake, that is it forever. Um, so I don't know where I stand with, with, with Tessa, unfortunately. What about you? Look, I just feel like, God, this is such an icky situation because I can't necessarily say that what she was accused of is good because it's not it's not, not good. good and not good. you know she was accused of you know bullying being racist all of that mm -hmm. stuff right 
Awful and it's nice. like, God, like, I just think about that. And I think about the situations the other women might have been in. And I'm like, God, like, as a grown woman, like, what do you do if you get bullied? Like, I've asked my fiance this, like, if I ever get bullied, like, what do I do? And he's like, well, I don't know how it works for women, but for men, this, this and that. And I was like, wow, oh, my God, that's such, that's such a terrible position to be in. Okay. But then I'm like, well, you know what? I'm not that person that doesn't think people deserve a second chance either. And I do think that Tessa is a great talent. So it's like, I don't want to see that go to waste. I almost feel like she should get a second chance. I mean, lo and behold, if you get those stories again, then there is no, then, you know, sayonara. You need to to be able to show that you have grown as a person. Right. And you have changed for the better. Like, you know, like you kind of like, if you look at the Hogan situation, Hogan said, you know, racist comments on a video who was caught doing it. His big apology was, be careful what you say. Someone might be taping it. Like he learned nothing from from that. You know, he was blaming it instead of, yeah. Exactly. It was it was someone else's fault. Like, you know, I don't think he grew as a person uh, after the, after him being you know caught out as a racist. So I think that you, like, if you can provably show that you have grown as a person, then yeah, I, I do believe in, in the world of second chances. Uh, but you do need to be able to show that you have grown and changed. Right. And I just think like there's different levels to like things that happen. Like there's certain people where I'm like, okay, this person deserves a chance to grow as a person. This person doesn't. And we got to learn to separate those two things, I think. But it's just an icky situation, especially especially in the world that we live in right now, because obviously like us saying that she should get a second chance doesn't necessarily mean that we condone what she was, you know, reportedly doing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Although as someone's uh, pointed out here, in fact, it's Adam Blampate's uh, number one fan. Denise bullies SRS all the time. So, well, to be uh, fair, he bullies me too. So don't be acting like I'm the bully here by myself. <laughs> this is what I hate too. What I hate about that is that I'm always the one that's being accused of doing the bullying when in reality, it's Sean himself. And there's times where I'm out there minding my own business, not even taking part in anything. And no, he comes to attack me. Tony BD says, hey team, Danuk, hope you're both well. Uh, my question is, I have a friend who start, uh, wants to start watching NXT. Where do you think is the best place to start from? I would argue that it's TakeOver Brooklyn 1. Well, I think this is interesting. Like From my point of view, it depends on if you want to start watching NXT, then the best place to start is the most recent TakeOver. But if you want to be like, I want to see what NXT is as like an... I've got like little interest in watching it as a week-to-week product, but I want to get an idea of what TN- of what NXT is. Then yeah, Brooklyn One's a great place. But if someone wants to like get into watching on a weekly basis, showing them a product from six years ago isn't going to be the best reflection of what NXT is today. That's a good answer. I was just going to say, show them your favorite match. <laughs> Maybe they'll <laughs> feel it there, you know? Yeah, I think it, yeah, it depends on where you want to like get them sort of uh, going uh, on all of this. Um, Isaiah Webb's got a really like he's kind of got you know looking for some advice, but unfortunately we're kind of running out of time uh, to get through that. So Isaiah, can I ask you if you are watching this? Email support at wrestletalk.com. Um, because I really do want to get this. It's um we you know do a lot of like get betters on uh, the Wrestle Talk podcast where people email in their problems, and when it's good to just talk about them openly. They do actually want some advice from you, so I will forward that on to you once we uh, get it and you can want to get your mother back we'll have a discussion about it then but unfortunately we haven't already got time to start on this show um ket says what's up guys you're forced to re-watch one of these world title runs jinders from 2017 or the mrs from 2011 which one are you gender. picking and why gender 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 100 at least they tried with him you know what i'm gonna go ahead and say it. i think the miz had a worse run than gender mahal i stand yeah. by this statement 
I agree with you. Jinder didn't have a terrible WrestleMania main event. Like I would quite happily watch a Jinder title run. It was just they were they were boring matches, sure, but they were short. Like you know, they went what like eight minutes each. They weren't out there long. This is so bad. Like if you think of like oh god, like, for us to turn on Jinder, I we owe Jinder an apology. I owe Jinder. No, an we apology. don't. No, no, I no, owe him dude. an apology. No, absolutely not. It was a bad run. Let's not it let's was, not pretend it was. We've now seen a worse run, okay? So we owe gender an apology. I'm sorry, gender. I take I mean, it I'm, back. Sorry for hindering you. I'm not apologizing. I will hinder the gender. I thought it was, wow, it was you're bad. It's way like, near the It wasn't his fault. It was the company's fault. It had nothing to do with gender. But I still think it was bad. <laughs> and I'm not going to apologize for thinking it was bad. Look, I it was terrible. Okay, I'm not. T- I'm not saying it wasn't. It was terrible. I hated it. I hated it then. I hated it afterwards. I hate it now. But what happened with the Miz to me was a lot worse. So I for that I do apologize for saying he was the worst because well <laughs> now he's not the worst. He's the second he's- worst. <laughs> Uh, Aaron Griffiths, this is proper dark timeline stuff, this. Did Miz tap out or did Bobby shake him too much that it looked like he tapped out? Can you see the Miz getting his title back just like he got the briefcase back? Stab me in the heart just now. Dude, I would like, I think I would turn off my TV and be like, I'm done, guys. I'm done. This is it. I had patience. I'm out. Um, oh man, yeah, I, I really hope that's not the case, but I, I, I'm pretty sure come Monday he's just gonna go back into his feud with Bad Bunny and Damon Priest, and we can pretend that none of this ever happened. I really do think uh, that's the WrestleMania direction that they're heading oh, yeah. in, so just, just make your way over to that. I can tolerate that. Nicole Swanson says, uh, Luke, you answered a couple of weeks ago that no one wants to see list videos outside of Adam uh, because no one likes uh, the rest of you like they do Adam. Well, this Luke fan, yes, please, would like to see Luke's list videos. Would you guys take it under consideration, given you had some spare time, to post any list videos to your Twitter pages for those who have chosen to follow you guys there and would like to see them? That way it won't hinder the channel algorithms. It's a very interesting idea, actually. Granted, they would have to be very short lists because Twitter videos are only limited to like two minutes and 20 seconds. No, it's um, two minutes. I can't even do two minutes and 20 seconds. Oh, it might be because we're verified. We get the extra 20. Oh, no, I'm pretty sure I could paste on mine. There's 20 seconds as well. Yeah, no, it's when I was doing two yeah, minutes. Well, uh, maybe because I've got way more followers than you. It may just be like. <laughs> you know what? But my followers are just better in quality. Oh, is that what it is? Yes, I mean, have quality followers, okay? I'm gonna, I mean, I'll bring this up now. Did you see someone did a real life drawing of Adam Bland plates? Oh, I've been seeing plenty of drawings. This is just, oh my god, guys, the little corgi, and just, oh my god, what's up with the face? It's hideous, it's hideous, right? It's gonna fall. I like nightmares. everything else, but the face, and I don't even, it doesn't even look like a plate. <laughs> Dude, I had no idea Adam Blamplate was going to explode the way it did. Like, this is something that I thought of. It worked it out in like 30 minutes, went to sleep. I even thought that I undersold it when I put out my little announcement. I was like, I was, oh, I was, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I was like, fudge. Did I over, did I over? Did I oversell this? Well, clearly I undersold it. 
Oh God, that really made me laugh. Um, I mean, Nicole, I'll tell you what, we're going to, I'll, I'll, po I'll pose it to Adam, see if you can fancy like a couple of weeks off um, from doing list videos. But like we did list videos on um, No Rolls Bard, like for our, our board game channel. Like Adam did his list video um, just before Christmas of his favorite games and it did super great numbers. And then Laurie did his and it did pretty good numbers. And then I did mine and it did less numbers. So, oh, it really, so what it really, showed, it really showed was, yeah, people really want to know what Adam thinks. <laughs> and they're just, they're, <laughs> And some people are a little bit interested in what we have to say. That is terribly that's fine. sad. But that's, but that's fine because people like the the personalities of people. People get attracted, like people get attached to certain personalities on screen. I, I get that. I think that's fine. I think that's a perfectly like that's sensible, really. That's true because, like, on my channel, I'm loved by the people. Right? I go out a different channel, and they're like, "We hate her. I hate oh, her." Yeah. And I'm like, "Well, here. but you like me on my channel. Why can't you like me here? Why? Because you're not used to me here." Oh, people love you on here. You're one of the faves now. Um, I wasn't oh, in the beginning. <laughs> no, well, no, not in the beginning. No, you were very much disliked at the beginning. But now I was very you. much disliked, but I'm used to, but it always happens that way though. I'm always disliked in the beginning and then liked afterwards. I have people that tell me like, I didn't like you in the beginning. I like you now. And I'm like, <laughs> thanks. <laughs> thanks. I just don't read YouTube comments anymore. No. I mean, I can tell you, uh, we were doing some YouTube backend stuff. Uh, the videos that you and I do have the best average viewer duration of any videos that Russ Talk puts out. People really? stick around to watch our videos more than they do any other ones. We may not pull in the big numbers, but the numbers that do watch stay till the end. Wow. So we got quality viewers. You see what I mean? quality quality uh angel the new guy gonzalez says firstly thank you for taking my question last week denise did hurt my feelings a little bit by not admitting how much better texas is than california but that's fine at least she didn't uh, mislead how amazing pre-lockdown was like luke did um i have a bit of a unique question this week that could be wrestling related or not um when is a time you can think of when you were working very hard but loved every minute of it being in the industry you're in i'm sure you have a few unique stories compared to what i can think of every day every day it's like non-stop i mean god pre-covid was actually one of my favorite times because there were days where i would do like interviews in the morning interviews in the evening do a show at night and it was just so much fun and then like, even this Wednesday was a perfect example of that because this Wednesday I had my I had interviews in the morning. I had Quizlemania in the daytime. Directly after that, I was, you know, uploading videos. Then after that, I was doing the, you know, AW NXT thing, my one woman show. Then after that, I still had to do more work for that. And it was just like the whole day was nonstop. So I like every day. Yeah, I am. Um... I really like WrestleMania season. Like WrestleMania season was a, is like a really manic time. Uh, like doing this, particularly um, you know, la it was a couple of years ago now. But we did uh, five nights straight of late night live streams. So we did live stream reactions to NXT. Then we did the uh, New Japan Ring of Honor Madison Square Garden show. Then we did WrestleMania. Then we did the Raw and SmackDown after WrestleMania as well. So we did like five like late nights, and it was draining like by sun like by tuesday me and ollie were done like so so done but it was great and i absolutely loved it and i look back on that time now with a lot of like fond memories of like me and ollie just like hanging out with each other for like you know 
hours on end. I got to like hang out with him so much. We spent so much time together, and it was just the two of us for a, like a lot of it because everyone else had to go and do some other. It was a bro work It was probably it was a yeah, we proper like bromance stuff. It was great. We had like a lot of takeout together and stuff, and it was just yeah, it was. Oh yeah, it this does sound stuff. like bromance. Oh, we had takeouts oh, alone. Takeout together. Um, dude, we drank so much. It was wonderful. <laughs> really, we no, went strips together. <laughs> WrestleMania weekend literally is one of those weekends where you really have to like time management is so key to your survival because there's like so many events and so i'm my own editor obviously and because i can't afford an editor for my channel so like wrestlemania like uh new york the last one uh it was like i did the hall of fame and then directly came home and like uploaded all my videos woke up early the next morning went to access and it was just like Uploading videos and editing them like singly, and even though it doesn't require as much editing as some of my other videos, it's still like long, tedious work. And then transcribing, promoting, clipping, promoting, clipping it's a lot, and people don't really realize it. And that was one of the things that you know that's that's some of the pressures of WrestleMania weekend. Oh, yeah, it's, it's a grand old time though. We there was a also in that year, I think it was pretty much in that year, we it was when All Out was on like the first all out and uh it was also the same day as new japan's royal quest which was mm -hmm. in london so like you know it was like literally across the road from our office of where they were holding the event so we did like this huge fan meet and greet thing beforehand at like one of the pubs just like away from like uh from the cover box and it was great and, like we just hung out there for a few hours and we drank and then we went and we watched the show and then we drank and then afterwards we met with some other people and we drank and then we were like oh man we've got to try and sober up because we've got to do the AEW live stream and a little bit and then we did the AEW live stream and then we had to do the review and everything after that oh man i was so done like by the end of the day i was so tired because the show ended at like 5 a.m for us um wow. and then we had to write the script by the time we were actually by the time i got home i think it was like 10 a.m so I, I was like essentially like a full like 15 hour day um and it was actually it was longer than that it was like a 24 hour day basically to like get it everything like done. it went What's by so fast fun? I, I loved it it was so much yeah. fun it is fun. Um, I'm, I'm sad now that we're not, we didn't get to do oh, that last man. year and probably not this year. I don't know about the next. <laughs> uh, Moynik Kanib says, after a very interesting Randy Orton segment on this week's Raw, I was scrolling through YouTube comments and saw a lot of praise for the segment. I personally don't hate the stuff, but it's not really something that keeps me invested. I do want to see The Fiend again. That's due to missing him as me missing seeing him on TV, not because of the storyline. Anyway, my question is, do you have a particular storyline that wasn't good, but you still enjoyed it for what it was? Hmm. I'm trying to think for a second because I don't necessarily, I don't, Look, I don't like what they've been recently doing with this whole Randy Orton and Alexa Bliss thing, but I do like Alexa Bliss's character. But that doesn't mean I'm into the, the storyline, though. I don't know. I can't think of something right now because I just feel like there's so many. And I feel like all the ones that I've been interested in, everybody has. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, the oh, only one I could think of. One, the Leon Ruff mm -hmm. thing with Johnny Gargano. I was interested in that. People were trashing it. They did not like that. But I was kind of, I was interested in it. Yeah, I thought it was pretty good. Like I, I am um, I, the one thing that kind of it's not a storyline as such, but I was about the only person in the world who liked the Bludgeon Brothers. 
Um, no. and I love like, I love yeah, the, you are the only one. <laughs> I was like, dude, they've got these big hammers, like they're kind of these promos, they're like up is down, left is right. And uh, they were these like really like goofy ass, like 80 style promos. Like they looked like Dungeons and Dragons characters. Like I loved it. I, I thought it was so wonderful. Like, hey. We did this podcast, and me and like Ollie were like, uh, Ollie was like, I don't think it's particularly great. And I'm like, dude, it's good. they're called the Bludgeon Brothers. It's hilarious. I no comment, no comment. <laughs> I can't support your same uh, fan interest that you had. <laughs> oh, I, I thought it was wonderful. Uh, Lorenzo Haynes said, "I kind of like him VP with the cane. Do you think he should keep it?" Yeah, why not? It adds a little bit more pizzazz. It is very pizzazzy, isn't it? Um, big shout out to Alex Kirkland as well, who sent across his fantasy booking. Um, like a lot of the fantasy bookings we get, we don't really have a lot of time to go over them in detail and stuff, but it was very detailed. It was kind of a nice way, like a year-long storyline. Again, I pass it along to Adam because he's the fantasy booking man. Thank you very much for sharing it with us. Uh, Dr. Sophia Bonilla, DWO EVP, says, Bueno. Luke and Denise, you're my favorite infotainment team. And because I'm the EVP of the DWO and a huge Denise fan, I got this membership. My question is, if you both have special meals each week, does, uh, uh, sorry, do you have um, special meals designated for different things that you watch? For example, I always get Mexican delivered on Wednesday nights for Dynamite, and then I get pizza when I watch Jersey Shore. Uh, nos, nos vemos? Nos, nos vemos? Nos vemos. Yeah, like no, we'll see vemos. each other. Yeah, we'll see each other in a bit. Nice. Do you have anything? Um, like so, hmm, not specific, not for specific things. There are things like so, like if we got fish and chips, uh, that will make me think of certain shows. Like there's a show that we used to love that was um called Oh my god, Oh Masters of Flip. It was about this couple in Canada and they moved to to, to one of the country and western places in America. What's 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 what a country and western place in America? Like where they do a lot of country and western music. All the states that don't matter. <laughs> oh, no, the state that matters is California. <laughs> anyway, Master oh, Flip. Man, everybody is going to hate me unless they're from California. I can't remember where they were, but either way, like Fish and Chips reminds me of that show, and, and like I'm watching that show, and like it's it is kind of day things. Like so, pizza for me is like that's a Friday night thing. Like I don't that is would, a Friday night thing. Yeah, wouldn't have pizza like any other day of the week, but on a Friday night, yeah, that is that's a pizza night. It is pizza night, but I have pizza for like the pay per views, or I have Taco Bell. Uh, thank you, everyone. It was Nashville. Thank you very very much. That's that oh. what I was trying to think of. Oh, I went to Nashville. It was no California. <laughs> i'm just attacking everybody now i'm the mjf of the united states <laughs> uh, josh um Razakas says uh, my question this week is um well, uh, what would be do you have those moments where you uh, people who walk in on scene wrestling for the first time and are like what is this moment like when you're embarrassed when people see you watching wrestling uh mine was the uh was drake maverick peeing his pants against the big show in the Survivor oh my God. 2018 match like so have you ever had those moments when people who don't watch wrestling see you watching wrestling and it's the first thing that they see and you're like i kind of wish you hadn't seen that i think i shared a story before about when my mom walked in on some of the oh, girls yeah. putting lotion on each other <laughs> Yep. I can't and ever is this get why you that like this, Denise. <laughs> that was very embarrassing for me. I felt very awkward. Oh yeah, totally. I I, I don't think I've really had um that moment. I, I told I told the the moment when the uh, I was having those doors fitted, watching Survivor Series. In fact, actually, it was that Survivor Series? Oh, and the guy. And the guy was like 
why are you watching this? Like, it's for my job. <laughs> well, that makes sense. We'd be watching for any other reason. Um, You're like, I could be doing yeah. worse stuff. I could be like collecting people's eyeballs or something. But no, I'm just at home watching wrestling. <laughs> like Midian. Um, Wesley65, uh, they say first impressions are the most important thing. As a bad one can seriously hamper you for years to come. See the Shockmaster. Uh, what is your guy's worst first impression when it comes to a wrestler? For me, it's Orange Cassidy. When I first saw him, all I saw was a kid who was only wrestling because his dad was the booker and he was living vicariously through him and he doesn't care. The touch kicks and the hands in pockets just turned me all the way off. And the way the commentary and crowds marked out for him did nothing. Even now with the little I do watch of AEW, I still can't get over just how much he doesn't seem to care. I will say, Wesley, that's the point. Like that's that's the gimmick is that he's he's laissez-faire. Like I I would say he he sort of worked you uh, a little bit with that. Um, because that's the character is just that he it, it's low effort, and I think it's I think it's terrific. I think it's a really fun comedy character. I feel like I'm gonna get heat for mine, but oh yeah. well. Mine was Joey Janela. I never got the hype. I never saw it. I just didn't think there was anything there, and no interest. Yeah. For me, it's Randy. Like Randy, like so. I I stepped away from watching. <laughs> really, Randy Orton. Honestly, it is. I stepped away from watching wrestling, and I when I came back. I, okay, so I, I stopped watching in two thousand two when Hogan won the title, and when I came back to watching wrestling, I, I had like a brief period of time when like my cousin was still watching it. My cousin Sam, and he was playing WWF Raw on uh, the Xbox, and he was like, "Oh yeah, it's this guy Randy Orton. He's the legend killer." And like I saw one thing, and I was like, eh, eh, I get it. He seems fine. And then when I started watching wrestling again, I'd already I'd missed Randy Orton as the Legend Killer. I'd missed uh, the feud with Evolution. By the time I got back into watching wrestling, uh, Batista was leaving Evolution, and you know he was him versus Triple H for the title. And like my friend, my housemate at university was like, oh man, I really hope Randy Orton beats the Undertaker at WrestleMania. He should be the one who ends the streak. And you're and like, like, what the heck? I was like, what? Not that guy. Have you seen that guy? Look how boring he is. <laughs> you see this, this bland ass wrestler. He's the most generic man I've ever seen in my life. Uh, he shouldn't be the man beating the Undertaker. And I honestly think that has stuck with me for the last like six. 16 years every time i see randy orton i'm like oh cool randy orton i guess <laughs> look i look i'm laughing because i agree with you because for the longest time i was not a randy fan either like people would say like oh he's such a great worker he's such this and i'd be like yeah but yeah but like zero interest it really wasn't until like maybe the last year or two years that and I felt bad because I actually met Randy Orton three times as a kid. And he was always the wrestler that would sign my autographs and was very, very, very nice to the fans. Probably the nicest person I've ever met in wrestling. And I felt bad that I thought he was boring for a really long time. I'm sure he's a lovely lad. But like, you know, when <laughs> JBL's lad. on com He's probably a lovely lad, but like JBL's on coverage going like, if you could build a wrestler from the ground up, it would look like Randy Orton. And I'm like, would it though? Like if you were a creator wrestler on a SmackDown game and you just left it as it was, it would look like Randy Orton. Like he is Captain Generic. That's true. That is true. I don't think any of the wrestlers I ever created looked like Randy Orton. <laughs> I remember on a message board, someone said that Randy Orton looks like he went to a tattoo parlor, picked out all the worst tattoos and was like, I'll have one of each, please. <laughs> Thank you. Um, Michael Plowman says, um, hope you're having a wonderful day. After this week's uh, Quizzle Mania and the debut of Adam Blamplate, how have we missed out on the obvious? Blam that blam. 
I would say the reason why we probably missed that is because it's not how you pronounce Blompier, it's Blom. So it's probably why we didn't think to have Blam that Blam, but it works better as Blam plate. So I've been saying Adam's last name wrong. <laughs> I think you were I... saying Blampier? No, I think I said Blampede or Blampede. Oh yeah, when I when I first like saw it written down, I was like Blampede. Yeah, because I I, yeah. I, I, I mean, I've, me and Adam have talked about this before, but like I never watched an Adam video. Like when he was at What Culture, I never saw an Adam video. I didn't see an Adam video until I started working at WrestleTalk. Yeah. And that, and I, but I'd always see his name written down. And yeah, for years I thought it was Blampede. I thought that was his so- name. Hold on, because I've said Blampede and I said Blampied too. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm so, I've just been pronouncing it so wrong. <laughs> uh, Trevor from Ohio said, I've got a challenge for each of you today. Uh, first, Luke, if you could recast the Ghostbusters with wrestlers, which wrestlers are you picking for Denise? If you could pick four wrestlers to do a duet with Taylor Swift, who are you picking for that? Thanks for everything you do. Friday show always brightens up my week. Thank you so much, uh, Trevor. Um, okay, so I need a mouth. I need the brains. I need the heart. And I need the... Wait, what F- was your mouth. question? I've got to recast the Ghostbusters um, oh, with, okay. with, Go for rest- it. With, with wrestlers. So if I want the mouth, like for, if I want, really, I'd almost pick like New Day to fill three of the roles because like uh, Bill, Mar- like uh, Peter is the mouth and Egon is the brain and um, Winston is like the heart of the Ghostbusters. And then Winston is the everyman. And I think you three of that, you've got a kind of in, you've got uh, Xavier Woods as the mouth. You have got uh, Kofi. Oh, no, actually, I thought Xavier would be the. Yes, yeah, so you'd have Biggie as the mouth, uh, Xavier as the brain of the Ghostbusters, and you've got Kofi as the heart. So then I just need as the everyman, which will probably be Byron Saxon. I guess he was supposed to be part of the New Day. There's my oh, Ghostbusters God. right there. It was. Oh, it's, it's like there's Byron Saxon as the everyman. I was never going to think you were going to pick Byron. <laughs> <laughs> Neither did I until I said it. I don't know for mine. Who sings? Not Elias, not Elias, somebody else. Who else sings? Uh, who else sings? Well, I mean, they did that whole karaoke segment on SmackDown. Oh, so no, 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 no. All right, you know what? I'm just going to pick polar opposite people that you would think would sing. I'm picking The Undertaker, Kane, Brock <laughs> Lesnar, and who else is like a scary type of person? I like the idea of the boogeyman. No, but the worms would like get on Taylor, and I'm not okay with that. <laughs> Uh, who else uh kurt angle he could do backups because he did the sexy kurt thing he did and also in wwe originals he had a great track i mean he did there you go all, all those songs were absolutely <laughs> horrendously awful um uh and lastly ronan c in our patreon mailbag uh has got luke what three distinctively british tv shows would you recommend denise watch for the first time and denise what distinctly three american tv shows would you recommend luke watch for the first time i'd You've imagine seen like, all the ones i would, recommend, I would probably though. seen the ones you would recommend yeah that's what Have i would seen think the Brady Bunch? that's like uh, very yeah, american yeah. i think yeah, yeah. And like, I love Lucy and, and things like that, like proper like Americana type stuff. Yeah. yeah, I feel like you've seen them all. I don't have anything else yeah. to add. I was going to say, as Brits, what we basically have done for the last you know, 70 odd years is just absorb all of your culture and just be like, <laughs> give it to us. We can't be bothered to make our, we do make our own stuff, but also we want your stuff because it feels exotic. And you've exotic. got like so much, because you put so much money into stuff. And we're like, well, let's let's check out all this. Let's check out the American side of things. That's we don't have a British film industry. You like shows and then all of a sudden there's like, oh, there's the British version or like the UK version. Oh, and I'm like, oh. 
okay but was it a case of the the original the uk one was the original version because i've seen the american version of the in-betweeners and it is hot garbage is horrendously bad the american version of spaced was bad i'm not the biggest fan of the office but like your first attempt at doing the office or you're just doing it line for line was so awful the office only became good when you stopped trying to be like the british one um no i have no examples i'm sorry (laughs) uh so i would say uh red dwarf is like a brilliantly british show you won't like it because it's science fiction but i would like to see what you would make of red dwarf it's a really really funny premise and i i think it's 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 wonderfully british in, in how it is only fools and horses is like the classic british sitcom and for my own personal i'm going to say spaced because i guess actually it's got people that you, like simon Pegg and, and nick frost it's kind of like that was like that and edgar wright like that was like their starting point um and it's just it's so great it's such a cool it's only two series long and it's a wonderful show it's 12 episodes so you can like watch it really quickly i think you're gonna hate me luke i think the only british show i've seen is the great british bake-off show oh i mean that's a great show like that's a brilliant wonderful show to see their voices were so soothing i was like the bread love (laughs) i fell asleep i don't think i finished watching an entire episode like the host, they're like very like lovely with the way they talk. And I was like, hmm. And then next thing you know, I was asleep. <laughs> Apparently they tried to do an American uh, Red Dwarf. Yeah, of course that was no good. Uh, Peep Show is always a really good shout as well. I love Peep Show. It's that's such a brilliant I've never heard of any of these. So this is all. Black is a great shout. Black is a brilliant shout, actually. That's a really good one. A um, bit of Rowan Atkinson for you. Um, oh, but anyway, yeah, that's him. Oh, then you will love Blackadder. Like Blackadder is so so great. It's it's like set in in history, in fact, like different periods of history. Um, and like the the fourth one, the fourth series they did was like set during the First World War. Um, yeah, it's really really good. I, I that would be a recommendation for you. I think I watched like all the Mr. Beans. Oh, love I think I Mr. watched Bean. all of them. Yeah, love Mr. Bean. What a great shout. Um, right, we've got a few more hyper chats just to go through and then we'll uh, get out of here. Some shout outs to you as well from uh, Mont Blanc 1989, my favorite podcast of the week. Nuke ruling them as always. And holy geez, Denise became the absolute moment maker of Quizzlemania. Let it be known, Denise has gotten validation from Jay Uso that Ranch indeed is great with pizza. I need to repost that today. So thank you for reminding me because I was going to do it and then I forgot. Yeah, did, I, okay. So you probably haven't seen it, but I'm I'm going to put it out afterwards. So Jay Uso had a moment with me. I didn't ask him about the pizza with ranch. He literally brought it up in the middle of the conversation. And I was like, <gasps> it was like the biggest mark out moment of my entire life. Like the way that it happened. And then I told him about the video and he's like, yo, don't mess with my girl, Denise. And then he like, <laughs> It was brilliant. Like he literally yells in the camera and he's mad at all the people. It's fantastic. Uh, and Siren Goddess also adds, I'm proud of Denise for getting her revenge on us ran- or getting revenge for us ranch lovers. Also, shout out to Nugget for being sacrificed to MJF, the poor lad. Uh, CM Punk, not 100% sold on him being the signing. Love you guys so much. Have a wonderful day. Thank you so much for your message. Uh, I don't know if you've seen any of uh, the MJF stuff with Louis. On, I saw uh, that Daily. he was making fun of him for being a Harry Potter fan. <laughs> Oh, it was a properly wonderful roast. Are you a Harry um, fan? 
I, I have seen the films. I, I, I was, this is maybe going to sound like I'm really pretentious and I don't mean it to sound as such. I was too old when the books came out. Like I felt that they were kids books and I was like, you know, a teenager. I'm like, well, I'm not going to read a kid's book. I'm a teenager now. I'm playing Resident <laughs> Evil 2 or whatever. Exactly. Yeah. I'm, I'm playing Resident Evil or something. I'm playing Final Fantasy 7. Get off my back. Like, stop <laughs> talking to me, mum. Like, so I never, so I read the, I read the first two books and I thought the first book was an average kid's book. Then I read the second one. I was like, well, that was the first book, but again. And I started reading the third <laughs> one. And I, and I was like, oh, this is exactly like the first two books. So yeah, I'm going to tap out here. Wow. So, and people so, always say that they're great and amazing and all of this. Oh, and I, I've never I heard this I, summary of it. I totally. And then I watched the films. Um, the first one's very bad. The second one's even worse because it's five hours long. And then it gets good from the third one onwards. Like the third film's really great. The fourth film is amazing. And then the rest of them are, are broadly fine. But I think those, I think three and four are, are fantastic. I tried watching, couldn't get into it. Never read yeah. books. They were too oh, big. Man. Oh man, they are big. They're too, yeah, like, too big. My whole life to read. This too long. Book. Too long. Stop it. They're too long. Um, yeah. JMC2909 says, uh, personally, I think it'd be Rob Van Dam to be the mystery signing. Um, would AEW or TNT allow Katie Forbes along with him? Hmm. I don't know. It just doesn't seem like, I just don't think RVD is like the, I remember I said levels. <laughs> this, <laughs> I, I, I wouldn't be as like, Oh my God, RVD for it. No. And I'm a Harry Potter. I'm a Harry Potter. And I'm an RVD Marks. Cause I'm really sort of a Harry Potter. What does Harry now. Potter have to do with RVD? I have no idea. Um, it's because everyone's talking about Harry Potter now in the chat and I just caught wind of oh. it and made me say it. Um, TV uh, guy. You get more heat. You saying you didn't like Harry Potter or me saying all these things about Florida? Uh, probably me for saying stuff about Randy Orton. If anything, I'm gonna, <laughs> that's probably what I'm going to get the most heat for. I usually do. <laughs> do you really? For that? But I feel like you're not the only one though. Oh, I know, but like I, I get it a lot. Where I'm like, I think Randy Orton's boring. People, uh, people dunk on me so much because I, I'm not the biggest Randy Orton fan. I'm actually going to be doing Randy Orton as an actually good video uh, at some point this year, and I'm really not looking forward to the re the reception I get. What you can have me come out. I already know what I'm going to do. I'm not even going to say. I mean, I, I may, I may even get you on just because you'll back me up. Yeah. Um, <laughs> TV guy AU, uh, did you go to the URL in Adam Page's lower third on Dynamite this week? I didn't laugh so much at what it was. I didn't even spot there was a URL there. Um, people in the chat, can you let us know what it was? We'll go into it before we get Ooh, to the, uh, the show. Uh, Powers Packer says, I agree with Luke about fans' complaints uh, with AEW signing WWE talent. These same people also complain that AEW homegrown talents are indie nobodies with no star power. Um, AEW is damned if they do, damned if they don't. That's kind of how everything is, no matter what. It's the same thing with WWE too. Damned if they do, oh, yeah. damned if they don't. It's the same 100%. thing with everything. Everything mm -hmm. in life. You can't please everybody. That's just final. And Scott Young says, I really want it to be right back. Everyone will hate it and it will be amazing. Oh dear, no. <laughs> I, uh, I mean, right back was nice when I met him and all, but. Uh. Uh, so apparently the Adam Page thing, it was a link to uh, a video of two hours of horses, which is <laughs> wonderful. What a great little rib. Um, but sure that people would love to watch that actually. There's like very like horse fanatics out there. Oh, 100% there are. My yeah. aunt is one of them. She oh, really? loves horses. Yeah. There's a bank here called Lloyd's TSB, and their logo is a horse. 
and all of their videos are just like, God, horses are amazing. God, they're just they're just brilliant. And I'm like, I've no idea what this does for banks, but like, they love horses, I guess. Nay. <laughs> Nay. Nay. Anyway, right, let's bring this show to a close. Well done us, Denise. We were in at an hour and 12 minutes. That's about what we usually do, and there was extra content for us to do. Um, so, and we only got two swears in there, and not all of them were from you, so go up. Right? And you're usually telling <laughs> me about that. So thank you all so much for joining us. Uh, please do, if you're watching this on Catch Up, click the videos that appeared on screen right now to catch up with more awesome wrestling or things or this button up here because it will take you to Denise's Instinct Culture channel for her interview with Jey Uso. It's wonderful, wonderful stuff. Thank you all so much for joining us. Um, see you later, everyone. Jam that jam. Have a nice weekend. Have you got much bomb for this weekend? I'm assuming, like, you know, AEW Revolution will take up a portion of it. It's pretty much that. I got Saturday sort of off. I haven't really decided what I'm going to do for Saturday yet. Maybe a little bit of work and a little bit of relaxation. And then Sunday is just going to be, like, busy the whole day. Mainly, mainly, obviously, the night. Because this is the thing though, about AEW pay-per-views is that they end so late. Oh, so, they're so long. Yeah, they're very long and they end late. So then I got to do a one hour show. Then after that, I got to do a video. And it's just like I stay up editing it. And it's it's a very long night for me on AEW shows. Yeah, I was talking to a friend of mine about this um, like last night. And he, I was, you know, I said with AEW shows, they start at 1 a.m., for us in the uk and they they could run like four or five hours so like it'll be like 6 a.m by the time i'm actually getting into bed wow and he was like i mean that's too long a show and i was like yeah but it's only four times a year whereas and he said you know what i think i would probably rather the aew side of things than doing um wwe every month like staying up to do the live streams for those and i was like yeah i guess the difference there is that the wwe ones particularly in the pandemic era have only been two hours I've been like two hours or two and a half hours. I'm in bed by three. It's it's quite love. It's quite nice, really. Like with an AEW show, there's the sun is coming up by the time I'm getting into bed. Wow. Yeah, no, I feel you on that. Like I think Elimination Chamber like felt so fast. I was even surprised when it ends. Yeah. So I do get it. Like I do like the fact that the WWE pay-per-views I watch, I get my show out of the way. Yeah, I still have like a couple of hours to do my own thing, you know? But for the most part, yeah, AEW shows, I get stressed. I don't know why the later the show, the more stressed I get. Like, I'm like, oh my God, like the day is almost over. I got to do this. I got to do that. You know, I, I feel more yeah, yeah. panic. <laughs> um, the, I, I, yeah, I'm really looking forward to the show though. I think it's gonna be a, a fun little weekend. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm I'm excited for it, and it's cool as well because like my in-laws dropped off um uh, my wife's old beds, so I get to build that this weekend. I get a project, which I'm really you excited. Always about. have projects, though. I feel like you're um, always on like doing something. You're a little builder. I need something to do. Like one of the big frustrations of moving into a new house in the middle of a pandemic is that there's no shops open. So I can't go and like buy stuff and like, I can't, so I haven't been able to build stuff. So this is something that's been dropped off and I'm able to build it. And I'm genuinely really, really excited about putting it together. That's awesome. How's your house coming along? It's coming along really well, actually. Yeah. Like again, we're slowed down um, because of like, what we want to do is be able to walk around a shop. Like there's a shops like a series of shops here called Dunelm where you can go and it's got like furnishings and that's really what we want to do. So once the pan, like once the next set of lockdown, which I think is like April, so some uh, non-essential shops will be open. Like we're gonna like just go and splurge. Basically, we've got like a bunch of monies like saved that we want to spend your on the house. Shops aren't open yet. No, no, our shops have been shut since uh, December. 
Wow. Maybe even earlier than that, like November, I think all of our shops have been shut. Man, they opened ours back up like a while ago and they're like supposedly at X amount of capacity. I'm like, bro, I'd be passing by these places and they'd be like at 100%, like the outdoor dining stuff. Those are literally people are back to back. Ain't no six feet apart. Like it's a joke, really. Yeah, no, we had like early. So in the first lockdown, everything was closed except for, you know, like grocery stores, you know, Sainsbury's and Tesco's and things like that opened. Um, but all pubs, restaurants and everything shut. And it's gone to the summer. They opened back up for like limited seating style things. As soon as our numbers went back up, that that got locked down again. So, yeah, it's like since sort of October, November time, all the shops have been shut again, apart from essentials. Um, so like we haven't been able to get anything for the house, basically. Oh my God. I can't believe that. Like, I think it's actually better though, that you guys have these restrictions because there's times where I feel like they need to go back to these stricter restrictions here. And I just read an article that said that apparently California is going to restart like rushing reopenings of things. And I'm like, God, guys, like every time we get good, they're like, let's open everything. And I'm like, you know, like we've done this in the past, you open things back up and then everything goes back up again. Oh yeah, that's exactly what happened. Like it, it, it was open too fast, too soon. So credit to, to the the guidelines that have been put out now is we're having a real staggered reopening of things. So like next month, like schools have gone back now, and then they're going to see how that pans out for the next couple of weeks and sort of see if that makes any difference to the number. Then after that, uh, I think it's non-essential shops then open. See how that goes. Then after that, outdoor spaces for like pubs and restaurants will be open. See how that goes. Then after that. So it's like it's a real like sort of staggered thing until we can like kind of get back to some semblance of normality. When are they going to do the vaccine for you guys? Like, how, where are you? Like, who are you guys vaccinating well, right now? So we are actually been doing incredibly well. Like, I think they've vaccinated a huge portion of the the population. I think for me in my thirties, I think we're aimed. I think the aim is to get ours done by September. I think is when we're going to get our first jabs done. Um, like That's our first doses. My brother, who's now in his because he's in his forties. He's actually, he's coming up soon, actually. I think they're getting to his, like, category quite soon. Oh, but, like, okay, that's awesome. But all of my my parents, uh, both of them, my mum was anyway, because my mum's a healthcare worker, so she was done um, quite early on. My, but my dad's been done, my father-in-law's been done, and I think my mother-in-law's, like, really soon as well. So, like, yeah, everyone's, like, it's been rolled out very, very well. Like, I'm actually... Me and me and my wife we're quite we're quite optimistic. We're making we're yeah. making plans. Like we're genuinely making like summer plans. Like, <laughs> You're like yeah, family and stuff. No, that's good. That's really good. I think in my house it's just my grandparents, my mom because she's an educator, and my aunt because she also works at a school. So it's literally like four people in my family that have gotten vaccinated which there's still like so many more people that need to get vaccinated but my turn I know is going to be like way down the line but supposedly mm. they said that I think Biden said that by the end of like or by May they would have enough to vaccinate all adults in the United oh, States wow. and I was like oh by May okay but just based on how every how I struggled so much with my grandparents and trying to get them their vaccine I'm a little bit worried about how they're going to roll this out for like the adults and people like you know like me i'm like when exactly is this gonna happen plus there's a lot of shady things going on around here like people be desperate trying to get the vaccine oh yeah yeah oh, like, so i found out that like what the educators that were supposed to get their vaccine apparently when you go they're not even checking your badges to make sure you're an educator <sighs> and apparently some educators are like sneaking in their like family members what? This is what I heard. Yes, this is okay. what I heard. And I'm like, what the heck? Like, that's not fair. 
no, that's that's not cool. But no. yeah, we're not we're not going to say that is a true thing. It's just it's, it's rumored in your Rumored, yes, it's a rumor. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm we're super looking forward to it. Like my mum's birthday is at the end of April, and one of the restrictions that we're allowed is that you're allowed uh, six people uh, outside, so like in a private garden. So um, we're going to go see my parents for my mum's birthday, and my brother and uh, sister-in-law are also going to go up as well. And the six of us are going to hang out in my parents' garden. Um, socially distance apart. It's very lovely. And then me and my brother, essentially, we're going to camp there because we're not oh. allowed in. The, we're not allowed in the house, so we're just going to camp outside. We're just going to set up some tents and we're going to sleep in the garden. I'm so jealous. I've always wanted to do like an outdoor camping thing, but no one ever wants to do it. So I'm like, never been camping. No, I've been camping, but I wanted to do like those backyard camping things since oh, I right. really yeah, go yeah. camping right now. So, but <laughs> I want to do like something like in the backyard. I think it'd be pretty fun, you know, just just for the hell of it. Yeah. Yeah, um, but anyway, that's that's pretty much my weekend. Then it's Revolution, which is gonna, I think, knacker me out for the like. Oh, dude, I've been so tired this week. Like, um, on so on Wednesday night, uh, I, I wasn't on Quizlemania. Congratulations to your performance on Quizlemania, by the Thank way. Thank you, third place winner for life. <laughs> we um, so we watched an episode of MasterChef, which finished at nine p.m. And my wife said, should we go and watch an episode of ER in bed? And I said, yeah, we could do that. And then she's like, oh, actually, it's nine o'clock, isn't it? It's because as Quizlemania started. And I said, yeah, I've just started now. And she was like, oh, can we watch it for a bit? Because she really likes because she really likes you and she likes Alex Aww, and she loves um, Val and stuff. So yay. she was like, I want to watch it for a bit. So we ended up watching nearly the whole thing. Like we were just oh, really? It's like once you start, it, it kind of hooks you in there. That's it, yeah. And the only, my wife tapped out for the final round because she doesn't like the trivia-based ones. She was like, no, nah, I'm, I'm done now. I don't really, I didn't like the trivia ones. So yeah. just, I, I enjoyed the singing. And, that, you know, was the that was fun, that was fun. That was really the fun. The confusion on all of your faces when Adam was trying to explain the rules. Yeah, he didn't explain it right. I think it wasn't until Alex like kind of like rephrased it. I was like, okay, that makes sense. Because then I thought every time I thought I understood Adam's rules, he would say something else that didn't go with the rules. I was like, what? <laughs> like, I didn't understand what he was saying. In fairness, like, yeah, my wife turned to me and was like, I don't think I get the rules either. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, I don't know. It, what it works, it, it works like this. And I, yeah, you didn't do a great job of explaining it, but it <laughs> no. was fun. Yeah, it was really fun. I really liked that yeah, game. Yeah. It was Thank such you for a, keep it for like, it was such a ever. fun show. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like, so, so I did it with when it was me, uh, Ollie, who else was on the show? I can't remember who else it was now. And um, uh, Matt Rainwald, the former Raiden English. And that was when he first started doing the singing one there. And I did a, banging rendition of Kane's theme uh saying the words everything is coming up millhouse and it was and no one got it and I was Aww. absolutely fuming that no one got it because <laughs> in your head it sounds right but oh, you don't know what so it good. sounds like you not in your head <laughs> Uh, right. Anyway, let's get out of here. Thank you all so much for joining us on this uh, edition of the Rust Talk podcast. Thank you, Denise, as always, for, for joining us on the show as well. Um, so Randy and Pete will be back tomorrow with the SmackDown review. And then it is AEW Revolution, which means Ollie and I will be reviewing that show on Monday. And we'll have the usual Raw SmackDown AEW magazine show next week. All the good stuff as we head towards Fastlane. Uh, thank you all so much for listening. Take care. I love you. Goodbye. Hold up. 
What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.